This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, February 12, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The president's unilateral decision to enforce some laws and not others, delaying Obamacare mandates and refusing to enforce drug laws in some states, may make libertarians happy as far as policy outcomes. But the precedent it sets for future lawmakers and future presidents is very dangerous indeed. Bob Levy is chairman of the Cato Institute. We spoke last week. Ted Cruz, among others, have been critical of the president of the United States for selectively enforcing laws. For Cruz, it is drug laws that the president has essentially said will not be enforcing in Colorado and Washington, states that have legalized marijuana. But also with respect to portions of Obamacare, uh, the president has either delayed or uh, essentially decided to, of his own accord, uh, certain provisions will not come into effect when they were supposed to. So how do we make sense of what the president's actual constitutional powers are with respect to enforcing laws that he's supposed to? Well, let's review what the president's actually done in taking it in reverse order, Obamacare and then the uh, drug laws. There was an Obamacare employer mandate that was originally set to begin in 2014. But by executive edict, it's now going to be 2015. Frankly, it's not a bad idea to delay it, but it is clearly illegal to delay it. I mean, the mandate required all businesses with more than 50 employees to provide health insurance or pay a penalty. So the pertinent question, the one that you um, suggested, is where does the Constitution give the president authority to revise federal statutes by delaying their effective date? And the answer is nowhere. And that same question and that same answer applies to other Obamacare revisions as well, including the president's unilateral one-year delay um, in canceling policies that don't meet so-called minimum acceptable standards and, and ditto for this uh, newly discovered hardship exemption for people who uh, lost their insurance. Um, the president can unilaterally change priorities, but he can't change policies without Congress and he can't change effective dates. He has no line item veto. Uh, and still, he went ahead, and that's because he couldn't get congressional approval. All right. So, I mean, what what does that create? I mean, with the president having the authority to essentially execute what uh, Congress has authorized, it, it seems that this, just by virtue of the fact that he's he's done this with respect to Obamacare, gives him enormous authority because at any time he could simply reverse that. It, it creates uh, a, uh, a problem in this sense. The obvious remedy here is through the courts. The president is exceeding his constitutional power. He does have more power when it comes to foreign policy and national security than he does with respect to domestic affairs. But these things that we're talking about now are clearly domestic and he does not have the power to legislate. He's part of the executive branch. But the question involved for the courts is who has the authority, who has the standing to bring uh, a lawsuit? And that's a tough question. And one way in which this is going to proceed is with respect to Obama's unilateral decision to exempt Congress and Congress's staffs uh, from these uh, subsidies that were denied to them by the legislation. Obama has reinstated those subsidies. And Representative Ron Johnson, a Republican from Wisconsin, is challenging that in, in federal court. And he has a unique uh, 
claim to legal standing. He says that the OPM, Office of Personnel Management, ruling that reinstates these subsidies forces the members of Congress to violate the law and thereby alienates those members uh, from their constituents uh, who object to this kind of special treatment for Congress. That'll be a very interesting thing. But the big problem from a litigation perspective is finding people who can assert that they have been individually injured. Now, uh, I mean, more broadly, though, when we talk about the president choosing not to enforce laws, obviously there's a role for Congress to tell the president that he can't do that. There's, as you as you note, courts will be getting involved soon. But why hasn't Congress done more to assert its prerogative with respect to lawmaking? Well, the, the only way that Congress can assert its prerogative is to stop the president from doing it. There are two remedies to that. Uh, for that uh, uh, infraction by the president. The first is sue the president, which is what Ron Johnson is doing. And the second is impeachment. And very few have suggested that this kind of unilateral assertion of executive power uh, rises to the level of an impeachable offense. Now, with respect to uh, Washington and Colorado, the president has essentially said, we will not be enforcing drug laws there. Uh, Now, that may be pleasing as a policy outcome for uh, libertarians, but as a practical matter, the president should not be selectively enforcing those laws. Indeed. Uh, I mean, it may be good, as you say, uh, with respect to libertarian view of the issue. It may even be a good move uh, politically, but we do have the Federal Controlled Substances Act that explicitly bars uh, possession, use, and uh, distribution of pot and other narcotics. So like it or not, and uh, personally I don't like it, Congress declared that marijuana is dangerous and should be banned. And despite my advice to the contrary, the Supreme Court has upheld uh, the constitutionality of the Controlled Substances Act. Uh, But now Attorney General Eric Holder, on instructions from the president, he says, uh, never mind, America should just uh, mellow out. So the Justice Department uh, um, cites enforcement priorities uh, for this negation of the marijuana marijuana laws and limited resources. Uh, But as a practical matter, we know what it means. It means they're not going to pursue marijuana uh, cases. I I understand that prosecutorial resources are limited, and I understand that some crimes may deserve more enforcement uh, than others, but the president can't make a unilateral uh, blanket declaration that he just won't enforce a law because he doesn't like it. Uh, the attorney general and the president are effectively decriminalizing an entire class of crimes. Imagine if he did that with respect to, say, securities fraud and simply dictated that there would be no prosecutions of security uh, fraud. Marijuana should be legal. Uh, and I'd go even further and legalize other drugs as well. Uh, but there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And the right way to do it is for Congress to repeal the Controlled Substances Act. And President Obama could lead that charge, uh, but he can't repeal the law by executive edict, uh, pretending that it just didn't exist. Uh, To what extent has this president gone farther uh, in effectively suspending federal statutes than other presidents? Well, he's issued roughly the same number of executive orders. Uh, But the scope of his executive orders far exceed what's been done by other presidents and the extent to which the president has assumed legislative powers far exceeds what other presidents have done. Executive orders are justified um, 
if uh, issued under an explicit grant of congressional authority. They're justified if issued pursuant to the president's commander-in-chief power, mostly involving foreign policy and national securities. And of course, they're issued with respect to the internal workings of the executive branch agencies. But President Obama has extended it much further than that. He's effectively assumed the prerogatives and the function of the U.S. Congress, and he's become a legislature all to himself. He's not permitted to do that, and the question is how best to put a stop to it. Three remedies, as I mentioned, one impeachment, the second uh, lawsuits, and the third, of course, is uh, at the polls. Bob Levy is chairman of the Cato Institute. You can read more about the dangers of executive power at our website, cato.org.